What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Health Collective Podcast first episode. I'm your host, Christian Mohan. And I'm your host, Nico Tosinovic. And today we're joined with Derek Chen, founder of Status Health International. Derek, thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Krishna and Nico, for having me. I'm really excited to see what this podcast entails, and I'm really excited to see what the two of you have in store for me today. Thank you so All right, much. Thank you so much. And it's, it's been crazy, right, how long we've been planning on doing this. I mean, we started in, what, summer, August, and then finally now we come together and create this masterpiece, am I right? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time. I mean, I remember when half a year ago we first came up with the idea how you bought all of the equipment in July or August of 2023. And now we're finally sitting here January. Oh, well, February. February, <laughs> yeah. February. I don't know when this odd podcast is going to be posted, oh. but um, we're recording this in February and it's been five months yeah. since we got all the equipment set up. We did have some technical difficulties, but we're here today, um, finally ready to get everything started. Yes, sir. Yep. So starting off, I mean... It's just crazy. I mean, I applaud you for everything you've done. You're just such a you're a bright stu- student, teenager, everything. I mean, just start off. Well, what was your idea behind status? I mean, where did you get the idea? I mean, it's not something that everybody just dreams of one night and then just, just get in their head, you know? Yeah, of course. I, mean, I assume that most of our audience are going to be um, familiar with Status Health International. But in case you don't know, Status Health International is a 501c3 global nonprofit that I co-founded in 2021 uh, with two of my best friends. And so I guess the idea behind status, well, growing up, I always aspired to become a physician, right, a doctor, um, because the idea of treating disease and helping other people had such a profound, was such a profound idea to me. It was really fascinating that I could make such a large impact in the health and lives of others. So... I chose to explore medicine. I chose to explore healthcare more. And as I did my research, I ended up coming across the field of public health, a field that essentially centers around the concept of preventing disease from happening in the first place. And that just made so much sense to me. Like, what if instead of dedicating so much money, time, and resources to treating disease, we could prevent it entirely from happening in the first place, right? Think about how many people we could save, how many lives that we could heal, And so that's where I originally came up with the idea of status. Public health is actually one of the most neglected fields in the healthcare sector. Less than 10% of all of the money spent on the healthcare industry is invested into public health, the prevention of disease, right? All of the money is spent in treating disease. And so I decided to start status with two of my best friends, Michael Wren and Edward Yee. Um, They're actually both my age and both go to school with me at Syosset High School. And our mission was to advance health literacy in adolescents globally, right? And, um, yeah, yeah, so kind of that, that was kind of a good rundown of what status was. If I, if I didn't really know what it was about, I would have really appreciated that. But obviously, me and Krishna are part of the author team. We're running this podcast. And kind of just to add on to what status is about kind of what's like their current like projects they have going on or not i don't really want to say projects but like initiatives you're taking initiatives right that they're taking currently continuously and kind of what's maybe what's coming up or and what kind of you want to go into that's important to status currently mm-hmm. yeah of course thank you so much for asking i think that's a great way to start off the podcast 
especially for the people who aren't really familiar with our operations, right? So when, I, when I'm asked to describe the operations of status, what exactly we do, I like to split it into two different, essentially two different themes, right? First of all, our remote operations, our online operations, and then um, second, our in-person operations. So I'll start by discussing our remote operations a little bit. If you guys aren't familiar with our weekly disease awareness guides, they have been the staple of Status's remote operations. So essentially, our weekly disease awareness guides are created by our volunteers, our researchers, graphic designers, and editing team. And so these guides, the purpose of these guides is to provide accurate and digestible health resources to adolescents around the globe. So. The initial idea behind the weekly disease awareness guides, well, weekly doesn't really fit the title or fit the well, operation anymore. Yeah, yeah, we post it more than now. once a week. We post yeah. it maybe two or three times a week now. But these awareness guides, the goal is to make health information digestible, right? So I'm sure that many of you are familiar with things like research papers, um, websites like the CDC, and the Mayo Clinic, right? Not to say that these are bad resources for health. They're extremely credible, very accurate, and probably one of the best places that you could get accessible, well, accurate health information. Yeah, but yeah. the entire goal of um, the weekly disease awareness guides, if you guys have tried, let's say, re re reading a research paper, or getting information from the CDC or Mayo Clinic, sometimes it's really hard to kind of understand what you're reading. And right. and to build off of that, I mean, Instagram is just such a more accessible platform, and I'd rather read something on Instagram. I mean, if you guys don't know, um, they, they, they post these uh, health guides on Status Health, at Status Health on Instagram. You should go check it out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think anybody in the free time likes to read CDC and Mayo Clinic uh articles and that's not something i'd rather do i'd rather spend my time on instagram and if i could get information on instagram then that's just the best place to go to i mean why el where else would i go to and if it's credible research especially coming from um sources like like what you said the mayo clinic nih um cdc i mean it's just so that much easier for me you know yeah and kind of just to jump in here um for adolescents especially the Reading, ju uh, just to reiterate what you said, reading these uh, research papers are hefty and they're usually only for schoolwork. If I'm assigned a project, I'm going to read these long papers and it's going to be hard for me because they have words I don't understand in them. They're not visually appealing and and I'm just not going to enjoy it. But these status guides are easily digestible. They're visually appealing because it's such a good graphic team you guys have. They add graphics for people, you know, with literacy rates, low literacy rates. It's better to see a visual rather than reading these big hefty words mm -hmm. that they don't understand. And also, the fact that they're backed by, you guys read these Mayo Clinic articles and condense them into these uh, little graphics and uh, Instagram posts. The fact that how many kids go on TikTok they look at their TikTok for your page, they see something that they might have some person saying, oh, this disease could apply to you. But that's not necessarily true. And, not and it's not even credible. It's not I mean, vetted. It's not yeah. correct information. And the fact that you guys are putting true information out there is great. Yeah, um, that's something that I'm also going to build into. But pretty much, again, if you haven't seen it before, we have a very good graphic design team. The entire 
purpose of these guides, right, it's to make the information digestible and easily accessible. So people who aren't able to learn reading something like a research paper, like Nico said, um, are really able to take in the information easily, especially adolescents, right? Young, younger children, teenagers, um, youth who aren't as acclimated to reading these scientific sources. Um, but anyways, misinformation is another reason why we decided to make these credible guides. Every single one of our guides is, first of all, um, created using credible sources, like the CDC and Mayo Clinic, like we mentioned, but each and every one of these guides is also reviewed by a certified medical professional. So people like physicians, researchers, um, pharmacists, pharmacists, EMTs, yeah, nurses, yeah. I mean the whole nine yards. Yeah. There we have we have medical professionals reviewing each and every one of our guides so that we can make sure that our guides are credible and so that our audience is able to take in the information that they need to improve their health. And Speaking of that, I think we should really discuss health literacy as a whole, right? The state of health literacy right now mm-hmm. is another one of the main reasons why we founded Status Health International. Um, so I'm, the three of us, me, Krishna, and Nico, are located inside of the United States of America. And so when we were doing our research, trying to figure out what exactly the mission of Status would be, we discovered the abysmal health literacy rates in the United States. If according to I, I believe it is, it might be the CDC. Um, nearly ninety percent of adults living inside of the United States are not proficient in health literacy. That means that they don't know how to digest health resources. They don't know how to take in health information, and their proficiency is not enough to maintain their own physical and mental health. And we could really see that in the increasing rates of chronic illness, especially in the United States, and also especially in adolescence. Adolescence is the health, the health literacy rates in adolescence are especially low, right? And Um, just building off what you said, like, especially in times like this, I mean, we just came off the COVID-19 pandemic and we're going into like a reconstruction phase right now. I mean, at that point in time, literacy rates needed to be critical I mean, people are getting sick every day. Nobody knew what to do. I mean, I still remember back then. I mean, my mom used to come home. She used to wash the groceries. I don't know if you guys remember that, but she would go come yeah, back. Yeah, home. I remember that. Yeah, come back home from shopping, and she's washing a box of Aunt Jemima's pancakes. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. But at that time, people need to underst- understand what was going on scientifically. I mean, we need to know about masking, vaccines, and just overall just a, uh, a great breadth of knowledge regarding um, science and uh, discoveries. And without that, people don't understand what's going on. I mean, not to, sound, not to sound controversial, but like there's also the thought of anti-masking. I mean, COVID-19 is an airborne disease. I'm not trying to say anything crazy, but the thought of that is kind of sad because the way they spread is through mouth and nose. If you don't, anti- if you don't mask, then the particles spread. I mean, I'm just going to leave it at that. But that's what the p- power of literacy can do to you. If you know that this is an airborne disease, then it doesn't need to spread that way. But that's all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I think that, Krishna, that's a great point. Um, but 
just to kind of segue into um, what Derek was talking about before, we kind of got sidetracked with not side. I'm not gonna say sidetracked. It kind of delivers a negative connotation because what we're talking about is important. But I want to kind of go into what the in-person operations status were because we kind of really delved into their digital health guides. But uh, can you uh, can you expand a little bit on that? All right. Yeah. Of course. Um, just before we go into that, I want to highlight the second of our online um, remote operations, which is blogging. Um, I think that blogging is equally as important as our weekly disease awareness guides. It's ran by our director of blogging, and his name is Mehmet Merkin. He's a great person. He's very hardworking. But essentially, the goal of our blog articles is that is to inspire our audience into making healthy lifestyle choices, right? We have our weekly disease awareness guides to give them the credible information, the information that they need to make these healthy lifestyle choices to improve both their physical and their mental health, the strategies that they could take. But these blog articles, so, well, I guess our, our team of blogging volunteers, they interview health patients, people who have suffered, battled, from, battled cancer, diseases like, disorders and diseases like diabetes um, and other forms of disease. Yeah, but people, people who've been through it, Yeah, mm -hmm. basically. People, people have been through it, but pretty much the goal of these blog articles is to inspire our audience to make healthy lifestyle choices by seeing what it's like to suffer from Sorry. these diseases, diseases and disorders. Yeah. yeah, and that can definitely like increase their scope because once they've like discovered how people i mean this especially applies to people who live with chronic diseases for example people who live with cancer they might kind of feel like they have no way out and if especially if they have no health literacy they might not be able to relate with anybody especially if it's a rare disease like i mean not i mean i'm gonna s cancer but not necessarily that cancer is rare like you found, it's found a lot but the fact that they might not have anyone else in their family to relate to and they're able to read these blogs produced by Status and kind of find a way to connect with the community, which is what Status is all about is especially good for them. Um, and, and also just building off, I mean, just to find a platform to, you know, like right now, I mean, what you did over the summer with the Summer Leadership Program, I mean, that's terrific because these people that wanted to help out the world, they have no platform to help out the world. You know, exactly. so that you give them that platform and they can spread their information. Yeah, I mean, wasn't there a branch that used your name and started making like helping out at hospitals and actually, stuff? Actually, yeah. Speaking of our summer leadership program, that actually you know goes hand in hand with our in-person operations. So I'm really glad that you mentioned our summer leadership programs. Um, but I'll use that as a segue into discussing what exactly our in-person operations are. So in terms of our in-person operations, we mainly accomplish them through our branches, right? So in all we've had, we've hosted three leadership programs so far, our summer leadership program back in 2023, um, our winter leadership program also in 2023, and our fall leadership program. And so in all the three volunteer, the three leadership programs, um, we had nearly 100 participants and each of these participants founded a branch inside of their own local community. The initial goal of our leadership programs was to provide an easily accessible way to provide mentorship to passionate youth leaders, young people, to create change in their own local communities, right? While most of our leadership team on international level are located inside of the United States, we aren't really able to reach underserved communities outside of the U.S., right? Like, we're not able mm -hmm. to travel to places like 
um, developing countries like places like Sudan or Kenya. Um, so that's where really our branches come in. Okay. We have we found many, many, many passionate, driven, inspiring youth individuals, leaders inside of their own communities to start local branches. And I believe Krishna mentioned that one event a local branch held um, with a hospital. That was our branch in, if I'm, I believe it was Afghanistan um, at As-Sulaimani University. And our branch leader, his name is Shabazz Muhammad. He, his branch partnered with a local hospital called Hiwa Hospital to provide um, relief to children battling with cancer. And really, I believe that that is one of our most inspiring events. We've Outside of that event, we've held many, many other in-person um, events, including campaigns for diseases like dengue and Bangladesh. Um, and inside of the United States right now, actually, inside of Lo Long Island, um, our Syosset branch ran by myself and also uh, some other just local branches. I just want to correct you on that. Uh, I believe it was Kurdistan, where Shabazz was a part of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurdistan? His, his university, As-Sulaimani University, is located inside and of Kurdistan. Kurdistan. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to misnomer it, but I don't, not, I don't think it's part of Afghanistan. I think it's its own region. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, just, that's all right. But I, don't I know. just want to just clarify that. I don't, I don't want to, you know. No, but what they're but, doing, but what yeah, they're doing just right we now don't wanna, We don't want to discredit Shabazz because obviously he's, he did a lot of work, but it's not a big deal. Um, I mean, what he's doing is magnificent, though. He's using Status' platform. And he might have never had a platform beforehand, but with this introduction, with Status Health and how uh, we have such a big name now, especially with almost 5,500 plus followers on Instagram, I mean, with that name, he's able to spread information and make a difference in his community. I mean, <coughs> that's, just, that's just great to see. Yeah, he definitely took an initiative because in the United States, it's really hard to partner with hospitals. You know, they're, they're usually private-owned organizations. But he definitely took that initiative, especially in a place, you know, where they're not have a lot of, they don't have a lot of research to medical uh, equipment and health knowledge compared to us. And the fact that he took that initiative is, it's awesome. And we're really, shout out Shabazz for doing that. But anyways. And uh, just going off, I mean, can you talk about a little bit about what's what you're doing right here in, in the U.S.? You I mentioned mean, Global Health Global Club. Global Health, oh, yeah, and then course. also just briefly talk, talk about, I believe you uh, support Gift of Life International through yeah, uh, yeah, Global yeah. Health. Just so talk about that. Actually, that's one of our main campaigns that we're working on right now. We launched a fundraising campaign for this organization called the Gift of Life International. Um, it began roughly half a year ago within our our hometown, Syosset, right? So the Gift of Life International is a worldwide nonprofit that aims to bring life-saving open-heart surgeries to children born with heart defects in underserved communities. So kids whose families don't have the financial resources to pay for their heart surgeries. And so the Gift of Life International is partnered with an organization called Doctors with Without Borders to make this all happen. Right, they send teams of doctors, volunteer doctors, I believe, mm -hmm. to underserved communities to bring these life-saving open-heart surgeries to children born with heart defects. And when we first discovered the Gift of Life International, it was actually through our Syosset Branches advisor. Her name is Carissa Steinberg. She is a 
award-winning AP biology teacher and also is teaching the anatomy and physiology pre-med curriculum at her school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, just, I just applaud her, for, applaud her for, for all she's doing. I mean, even before the introduction of Global Health and Science, I mean, she was helping out so much with the Gift of Life International. And just looking at some uh, where they service, I mean, she's, she's just all these locations around the world, Africa, the Middle East, Iraq, uh, Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Asia and the Pacific, Philippines, uh, Europe and Central Asia, and even the Americas. I mean, the Go- Gift of Life International's initiative is just so heartwarming. And especially, it's so much, it's it's so great that she she... She was able to fi- uh, find such uh, such a prospective um, nonprofit like this, and now that we can use Status's platform inside of our own community, we can help out all these people and all the people that are affected around the world who can't, who don't afford it, like you said. Yeah, it's and really, what the Gift of Life International it really fits perfectly with our mission of breaking down barriers to global health equity to raise awareness of public health and to essentially spread health to as many people as we can. We really want to be able to break down these barriers to global health, to accessing healthcare um, and treatment for diseases like congenital heart defects, which the Gift of Life International specializes in. And so just to build more off on that, um, for the last six months, we have been fundraising for the Gift of Life International. We've arranged many 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 local fundraisers within our communities ranging from ice skating fundraisers collaborating with other groups and clubs it's also after school sales for things like pizza merchandise like hoodies um and our goal by the end of this year is to raise ten thousand dollars for the gift of life international yeah Uh, how much just wondering how much have you raised right now as of today we've raised um around two thousand dollars um our goal is to reach five thousand by june and then ten thousand by december of 2024 great yeah just just so just so put into perspective for you guys like we global health and derek and the officer team put a lot of effort into these fundraisers Mm -hmm. you know they're constantly putting time you know just to to put in perspective we're high school students we go to uh we go to sasa high school and we we work really hard in our classes you know just to aspire and be like positions in the future obviously the course rigor is crazy but and and do what we want to do in the future but to see this many people trying to help out the world to see to see we have volunteers that sign up every day after school to take time out of the day and help us out for for our cause i mean it's not i mean technically we're all in this together but to see more people take initiative and help us out towards our cause and come together as a community is great i mean it just shows the amount of humanity we still have in this world and how much we have more to come yeah, Krishna is completely right. I think that the best part about running status is absolutely seeing how we're really able to bring people together, right? Uniting people within our own local community, but also people from all across the world, right? Um, although our members are scattered across different countries, <laughs> as of now, we've, uh, we have over 2,300 um, volunteers from across 100 different countries, and all seven well, six of the seven continents right now, right? All besides Antarctica. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think we really uh, that, that'll be shocking. people living in Antarctica, except for penguins. Um, <laughs> yeah. some, si- some scientists are out there. Bears. Um, polar, polar bears. Yeah. Um, a lot of animals. <laughs> polar bears. Polar bears. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> if we got a polar bear to join Polar status. bear part status. Status branch polar bears. <laughs> Breaking health barriers in Antarctica. 
on the icebergs. Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> I know it's all jokes, but like, think about that. Six continents, know. you know. The reach that we have. The, yeah. the reach. And this is all possible with status. I mean, status and the platforms that we have. I mean, even with this podcast by himself. So many people are on Instagram. That's one platform. So many people are on Spotify. That's another platform. Then you have Apple Podcasts, another platform. And then now we have a TikTok TikTok channel too, right? Doing um, uh, TikToks and stuff too to spread information even faster. I mean, the reach that we're reaching is the reach that we're getting out to is just r- ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of reach, and it's all digestible inter- information. Yeah, yeah. As of today, we've actually re- reached over eighty million unique social media users across Instagram. Wow. And through our website, and it's honestly insane. I mean, I can't even imagine eighty million people. And um, if you don't, if you guys don't know, I mean. Uh, the website that, I'm, that we're referring to is statushealth.org. You all check it out. We update blogs. Um, I think it's every week. Yep, right? every week. Every week. And then we have, if you have, if you guys have any questions, there's a contact page. We have a volunteer page, fundraisers. And is there any, like, way to, like, donate towards Gift of Life? I mean, we should. Oh, yeah, there actually is a way. Um, we have a fundraiser through that could be accessed through the link in our Instagram bio, which is at status health, S-T-A-T-I-C-E, health, H-E-L-T-H. Um, yeah. So kind of just a segue out of um, what we were talking about before. Um, how in the future, because we talked about what you're doing concurrently, all the great, amazing things. Where do you see yourself? What do you Where do you see status going? Do you see any future partnerships that you already had your eyes on or Anything that you feel that you can do personally to strengthen the scope of public health yeah, through maybe status? a couple months, years, well, te- decades. Actually, um, something in the very near future. Right now, what we're working on is a international fundraising campaign for the Gift of Life International, right? So up to this point, we've only really been engaging our branches within the Long Island area. So our branch at Sauset High School and also our branches at Great Neck South and Mentham High School. And so our goal within the next month, um, the month of March, I'm not really sure when this podcast episode is going to be published, but our goal for March of 2024 is to launch a international fundraising campaign for the Gift of Life International to really increase the engagement that we get across our global community and our network of youth from all over the world. And, yeah, I mean, that's our, um, mm-hmm. that's yeah. going to be your most recent, or. Yeah, 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 I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, but um, to answer Nico's, uh, Nico's question, um, where, we s- where I see status in the next few months, in the next year, well, I see status continuing to grow as much as it is right now, um, really can grow as much as possible. And then in a few years, I really hope that we have branches at hundreds, if not thousands more schools, schools, including high schools, colleges, universities, and even medical schools, right? We have branches at a couple medical schools right now, a couple universities and a lot of high schools. But I really want to see that continue to expand. And as we increase in membership, and the number of branches that we have, we'll really be able to utilize these branches to increase our local impact, to reach more underserved areas, more underserved communities, and break down barriers to health disparities. Uh, that's great, Derek. I mean, so 
I appreciate all these, uh, all all this information, all this knowledge that you have towards Titus. I mean, th- what you guys are doing, your initiative, uh, everything you've done right now. I mean, that's great. But now, I just want to focus a little about you. So, moving away from status, who, like, as a person, what what inspirations did you have, or like, who was your role model growing up? Uh, just like a personal question. I mean, who did you look up to as a child and be like, wow, I want to be like them and may help make a difference in the world or become like just like them, you know? That's honestly a really good question. <laughs> I mean, because uh, um, kids around the world, I mean, people who are listening to us right now, they, I'm sure they probably have, who knows, maybe even they have you as a role model, you know, what you're doing around the world. Yeah, so growing up, um, I kind of always knew that I wanted to go into the medical field. But um, what really first sparked my interests was my grandfather's diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. He's been battling the disease for um, four years now. And just seeing the impact that um, disease has could have on a family, on a person's daily mm-hmm. life, really inspired uh, I'm me. I'm sorry for that, too. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, but that's what initially inspired me to pursue medicine and to learn more about health and public health mm-hmm. and um so I, I like i said before i continued to um explore medicine and ultimately step discovered public health and really what inspires me today is to become the first physician in my family but also to break down barriers to health equity um to kind of make sure that no other kid has to go Left through out. something I'm like this, out. right? Like, to prevent disease as much as possible. Um, but I guess another thing that really inspired me to pursue this kind of preventative medicine um, is actually the eradication of the smallpox disease. I know, <laughs> I know that's not a person, but I guess I would credit the team of researchers that ultimately discovered how disease could be completely eradicated. So if you're not aware... Um, smallpox was a massive, massive epidemic um, that's plagued our world for centuries now. Yeah. Um, and I believe a few decades ago, the disease was completely eradicated. So it's, it's not a thing anymore. And that's essentially saved the lives of millions, billions of people. Exactly. And that's what really, you know. And it was kind of all thanks to public health, right? Yeah, and spreading out information, about spreading information, information about vaccines, where to go to get a vaccine, how to, how to, um, sanitation, sanitation, great, great point, Krishna, like cleaning yourself, washing your hands, people back. I mean, I'm sure people knew, but like uneducated people, people didn't know that disease could spread on your hands, could spread in coughing, not, not coughing into your arm. You know, some things that we take for granted, like knowing since we were five years old, some people in their late forties didn't know. So yeah, that's a, that's a great Great point. Mm-hmm. And just uh, yeah, um, I guess adding on, um, like you said, some people, a lot of kids around the world probably do also look up to me. I really want my story to be inspiring youth, young people from across the globe to take action, to take initiative inside of their own communities and make a difference, right? Um, a lot of people think that maybe they don't have the ability or they don't have a voice to create change, but well, I guess growing up, I always, I also really thought that I was like a conserved person. I was a, a really shy kid growing up, um, not much confidence in myself. But as I explored more and 
uh, decided to first take action in establishing status, that's when I really realized that I have the power to create change. I have a voice. I am confident in myself and my leadership abilities to create change on, and not just my local community, but on the global, on the global scale. scale yeah. Right, yeah. So um, just adding off of that, I mean, those are great points. I mean, I'm sure a kid around, a kid listening to this, or a person, even a person, adult listening to this, they'll take the initiative and th- this might be an inspiration and you, you might even become an inspiration to somebody and somebody look up to you and think, wow, you know, they can make a difference. But uh, just wonder, I mean, adding off of that, who has, like, people around you, who has facilitated your success? I mean, could it be a teacher, family, friends? Like, who's helped you put this information or helped you facilitate status and success in the community, globally? I mean, who's helped you the most, do you think? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I do have a few people that I would credit the most for my journey, um, first founding status and then also running it up to this point. Um, two of them being my co-founders, Edward Yee and Michael Wren. Edward is our chief technology or our chief financial officer, and Michael is our chief technology officer and chief operating officer. The two of them really pushed me to be the best version of myself, to keep on going even when times were hard, when we reached ran into obstacles. And um, so, yeah, I would really credit the two of them for helping me reach where I am today. Um, but adding on also our advisor to Global Health Club, right? Ms. Steinberg, we mentioned her earlier um, when discussing the gift of life, but she's really advised our operations um, for the last year. Uh, I remember when I first reached out to her in the beginning of 2023 as, I, I think, a 10th grader in high school, and I asked her if she would be interested in overseeing our organization, right? Because I knew that she had a lot of experience working with kids um, and what and students. what sh- and her agenda. I mean, right? Yeah, she's just, I, I've been in her presence. I mean, the, I can't say anything bad about her. She's just such a kind person. She cares about other people. I mean, there's not not never a dull moment with dull, never a dull moment with her. I mean, she she was one who brought a gift of life into like into her community. She cares about other people. She's a great teacher. I mean, there's nothing bad I could say about her, and I just thank her for being like who she is, and I thank her all for all her teachings and models. I mean, what you said is true. Yeah, absolutely. She's an amazing mentor. She really does everything that she could to help her students succeed, and I guess having her as the and so it's such an inspiration too. Right? Yeah, it's really inspirational. All the work that she does, all the dedication that she has, and she's just a volunteer like the rest of us. Exactly. Right? She dedicates her time without any pay. She's a complete volunteer, right? Full time. And she volunteer. has to. And she is. She has to run a family at the end of the day. I yep. mean, what the amount of workload she has compared to us is monumental. Yeah. Yeah. And she's really the person that pushes us to reach every objective that we set for ourselves and also the person who pushes up us to set higher standards for mm-hmm. ourselves right to create um and implement different things that we originally may not have believed that we would be capable of yeah and um yeah, that's really terrific and but i think everybody should just take that like a takeaway point from that is just that you guys should find someone who you can confide in i mean if you have like-minded people next to you ask them you know, in Derek's point of view, I mean, if you have friends who want to make a difference in the world, be friends with them and make a difference in the world. Simple. Simple as that. Yeah. Just and you always just remember that you need to have a support system because you can't 
can't think that everything you have to do is on your own because exactly. you always have people around you who love you, who care for you, who can help you make a change in the world if you want to do it. And it's really that drive that push people like Derek to exactly. really make a difference. But and all yeah. these all these big companies, they all came out two people. Yeah. Two people, three people. Nothing was built off just one person. Yeah. yeah. And really I agree with everything that Krishna and Nicole are saying right here. I really want to emphasize the importance of having a strong team. I remember when I first founded Status, um, I really looked for people who possessed abilities that I myself don't have so that exactly. we could kind of create a versatile team that would be able to cover all the bases. And any obstacle that we would run into, we would have someone, if not mul multiple people, who would possess the skill set needed okay. to address that issue and for us to overcome it as a whole. And so, you know, right now our... Um, our leadership team on the international level, um, we have all of our directors of our operations, but we also have people like our branch leaders who every single day work hard to run their own branch in their own local communities. And none of this would be possible without everyone who has taken the initiative to create change. The people who, you know, uh, who initially may not have believed that they possess the abilities to create change, but who have decided to step outside of their comfort zone to take action and to assume a leadership position and, you know, inspire people inside of their own communities and spearhead that change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, just to kind of go off what you said before and when you were explaining your support system, in creating anything, in doing anything monumental, um, you can see in, what, like Christian was saying, there's like two main companies that end up being billion-dollar businesses. Not saying that this is a billion-dollar business, obviously, a non-for-profit. But there's obviously going to be obstacles that come in your way. And Derek, I just kind of wanted to ask you, what obstacles do you think, because you kind of mentioned before, ob what obstacles have status faced that kind of came in the way of them creating change in the world? And how did you, as a team, overcome them? Because obviously you need that supportive system to overcome these obstacles. <clears throat> you know, I think one of the largest struggles that we faced in the very beginning of status, the very grassroots was just finding people who would be interested in joining our community, right? You might find that very hard to believe right now considering we have over 2,300 volunteers from countries all across the world. But in the very beginning, it was difficult, right? Before we took off, before we started publishing our ideas and making everything public, um, it was difficult to find people who would be willing to step outside of their comfort zone and join something new. And so that definitely is the largest issue that we faced so far. But when we started putting everyone's skills together as a team, after recruiting that initial officer leadership team, um, we were really able to cover all the bases, right? We were able to create content and publicize information that people would see um, and think, wow, maybe this is something that's worth joining, worth investing my time in. Um, and so through putting all of our skills together, that's how we were able to c overcome some of our mm -hmm. largest issues, right? Yeah, um, yeah kind of just kind of just adding on to the fact um, that we were just talking about your volunteers. I kind of just wanted to bring up an uh, important milestone that um, Global Health Club and Status Health has recently come by. They've actually, I don't know the, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, they, initi they ini uh, allowed PBSA the, initially? Allowed yeah. the uh, affiliation and get 
led the initiative of handing out um what was it 23 PVSA awards to their volunteers and and I just wanted you to talk a little about that because it's it's obviously really it's really great and monumental and allows for and you're awarding these people for what they do for what they do and very well should be recognized for go ahead so thanks for asking but um I guess first I would define a few terms for audience um if you guys aren't familiar or aware, um, Global Health Club is our branch in Syosset. That's just the name of it. We haven't, we didn't really define it earlier, but now you know. And PVSA stands for Presidential Volunteers Service Award, right? So it's a program that was founded by the um, United States Presidency to recognize outstanding volunteers inside of the nation. And so a month ago, we recognized 23 of our volunteers at Syosset High School within our Syosset branch for their outstanding community service and dedication to statuses, overarching goals of volunteerism, community service, and creating change. Yeah, and uh, I believe in total, we actually recognized um, Syosset alone for over 4,600 combined total volunteer hours and if you guys have any you know more specific questions Mm -hmm. regarding that and yeah just it's it's great to see that i mean um anyways going on uh what do you think like on a global scale what do you think the global scale like how can people improve on (laughs) we just have a little technical difficulty sorry about that i i'll just wrap it up i mean so, just, la- just end over any que- question. Um, so, for everyone listening right now, what do you think, Derek, as a person? What would be your message to anyone listening right now? If you could have a, if you have a mic and you're speaking out to hundred million people or five, what would you tell them? What would you say as a person? Gosh, that sounds like a lot of pressure to uh, every hundred thousand people. It could be a hundred thousand people well, or, or one person, yeah. just the uh, random would you person. What you tell them? I would say step outside of your comfort zone. You know, you could be the one to take initiative to create change. You know, don't have confidence in yourself. Have confidence in yourself, and remember that if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will believe in yourself. You have to be the first person to believe in yourself. And only after that will you be able to, you know, create impacts um, across the globe, right? Remember my story, what I did, um, how growing up I was just a shy little boy who really had no self-confidence, no idea what he was doing. But at the very first moment that I decided to step outside of my comfort zone and to take initiative, that's when um, I set myself up to reach the point that I am at today. Thank you so much, Eric. I mean, thank you for your time. I appreciate everything. Well, you, uh, I, I'm just going to applaud you one more time for all your, everything you've done. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone took something away from this podcast. I hope we brighten your day a little bit. And if everyone's yeah. just sign off. Yeah, and just, uh, and just right before we sign off, I just wanted to uh, talk about what we're going to do in the future for this podcast. You tuning in right now, we kind of gave you an introductory level um, introduction of what Status was, the organization that's funding and behind this podcast. But in the future, we're going to most likely be inviting health professionals, you know, those that are really in the field and in the scope of public medicine. And we're going to be inviting them onto the podcast and speaking to them about their opinions, their views, their their scope 
and how they as individuals make a difference in the public health field and how and advice that they could give our viewers and us as uh, high school students on how we can make ourselves um, better. And yeah. And I just want to say one more time, Derek, thank you yeah. for your time. Derek, thank you so much. And thank yeah, you for everything course. you said. Thank you both for having me. And um, really, if you guys are listening to this podcast right now, stay tuned for the next podcast. Krishna and Nico are great. They're going to bring in a lot <laughs> more people to speak. And you're really going to learn a lot from this podcast. Thanks. I'll probably Thank also you. be back another. Yep, I'll yeah, and you'll be back. Maybe the next. You're definitely next always invited, edition. Derek. Yep. Thank you yeah. so much. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And we're signing off. <laughs>